All right, I got a question for you guys. Which do you find more like more terrifying? The southeast swampland or the southwest like deserted like desert area? Hmm. Swamp. You going with swamp? Yeah, I I don't know. There's something about swamps that um seem creepier than a desert. <laughs> Maybe when I think of deserts, I think of uh, fucking like tremors, which is more comedic. Swamps, I don't know. You can get sucked into a swamp. There's a swamp thing. Uh, it's a thing in the swamp. <laughs> I get swampy ass when it's too hot. Yeah. Were you I just mean, basing anything that says swamp in it, John? I think yeah. it sounds like. Yeah, and it's all negative. No one's like, <laughs> fucking, oh, love that swamp love ass. Love that joker. Yeah. So. Uh, are we talking strictly horror or just in general? Let's talk in horror. Okay. This is a horror podcast after all. Let's For sure. <laughs> but if we're trying to relate it to a real world setting, um, I don't think the desert's particularly scary because there's not a lot of life out there. Um, you got cactuses, you got some birds. Not so much desert. We're talking about like the Southwest. We're talking like hills have eyes. We're talking about like... Okay, like plateaus. rejects type stuff, you know? We're talking about like... Okay. When it's like that kind of like the untamed, you know, like... You know, that, that, that might change my answer then because I was also initially uh, pro swamp because swamp is a like a breeding ground for disease, malaria, mosquitoes, alligators, just whatever you can think of. The swamp's a disgusting place. I don't want to go to the swamp. I don't want to go to Louisiana. You hear me? You took it uh, fucking <laughs> to the cellular level. <laughs> Actually, I love New Orleans. I love Louisiana, but I'm just saying. Like, Not the swamp part. New Orleans is a I've is never a been city. on a swamp tour. It's true. There's no swamp in the actual New Orleans that I know of. Oh, we yeah. should have talked about this. They probably Hatchet. paved it. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, I think I'm going to stick with swamp, though. Even though, yes, you could have some crazy hills have eyes, uh, you know, people out there. I think swamp is much more disturbing in a breeding ground for disgustingness. True. Think about it. A regular person could go live in the forest. No one's like, or in the desert. No one normal is living in the middle of a swamp. You're doing some weird ass shit if you build a swamp hut. <laughs> if you listen to our podcast and live near or in a swamp, you know, that's, we don't all believe that. If you live in a swamp and are getting our podcast, I have so many questions for you. Please, please reach out to <laughs> me on Twitter. Please up on the social media. <laughs> Clearly, if you're listening to our podcast, you're on the Twitter. Yeah. It's uh, Monty Python, Holy Grail. We built it in a swamp and it fell down and then we built to the yeah. swamp again and that one fell down but this one stayed up <laughs> huge tracks of land <laughs> <laughs> wow well I, what's your answer i kind of i kind of think that the uh the the abandoned southwest is creepier just because it's so like like ghost town it's just nothing you yeah. know it's just like if someone's out there it's anything goes you know it's unregulated by people it just, who knows what's growing it's like the there. international waters of land <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah sand sharks maybe i don't know I, I don't know. I, I mean, I guess I, swamps are scary as fuck, but I just kind of feel like a lot, a lot crazier, more horrific stuff goes on out in that southwest area than in the swamps, at least that I know of. If I was one of the creatures, I would rather be in the southwest. But think about how... Oh, we're going to flip it. Yeah. I, well, it's drier. Uh, uh, yeah, but you're probably having water trouble. Where are you going to get your water in the southwest? Swamp, you got swamp water to drink. Cut open a cactus, man. He's, he's evolved. Past water? We're past water. <laughs> I'm basically part lizard. Hey, all you creatures from cyberspace. Thanks for joining us on another episode of the Grave Talk podcast. My name is Mark. Again, joined with John and Garrett. Fellas, how we doing today? Sup? Tired of playing second fiddle to John's name. Hey, you know what? Sometimes I do say your name first. Go back and listen to all 50 just, episodes and tell me just, what you find. It just feels like I'm always second. Hey, all you creatures of cyberspace. Thank you for joining us. Here's Garrett and John. See, oh, you like that. snap. Take that, John. <laughs> <laughs> okay. As Mark mentioned, this is our 50th episode. Is it? What? Yes, this is our How 50th about episode. That? I just guessed. I mean, we did like our point two five or whatever, so we're counting those as like one. But yeah, this is like our, um, and, and as far as our numbering system goes, this is our 50th episode. Okay. Our podcast is over the hill now. We're halfway there. Yeah. We should have a midlife crisis. It's <laughs> like half the, the cast. Becomes a comedy podcast instead. <laughs> Welcome back, you creature from Cyberspace. This is Garrett with two hot strippers. What's Ooh. going on? <laughs> it's time to apply for our AARP membership. Ooh, Ooh. Lubies, we need to finish early. <laughs> 
Fucking love a good Luby's. That's right. Liner. We got Luby's sponsor of the Grave Talk podcast. <laughs> Please. We like, need that Luan platter. I know. I legit like Luby's, dude. Like, so yeah, I I'm want to. So do I. We, bring them in. Luby's, we want your money. That's yeah. the thing is, Luby's is kind of a joke to a lot of people, but Luby's, like, find me anyone who doesn't want to go to Luby's. They're fried <laughs> fish wife. and macaroni, man. I will eat that all day there long. There you go. They go. You just have to do it before 8.30 because that's when they close. <laughs> they close <so laughs> I, yeah, the one thing all three of us agree on, pro lubies. Pro lubies. According to this, last episode was 49. Chainsaw 2 is our 50th. Oh, shit. I don't know why I thought this was our 50th episode. Let's scratch all of that. <laughs> that's my fault. I was right with you. I was like, fucking Dutch, 50 mark. Can't you count? <laughs> <laughs> Wow, this is actually going to be. Oh man, I really, I really would like to know what episode number this is going to be. I feel so dumb all of a sudden. Uh, Pumpkinhead is episode fifty-five. <laughs> all right, episode fifty-five. Uh, fi- yo, fifty-five <laughs> is Congratulations like fifty-five episodes. Yeah, I guess technically fifty-five is like the new fifty, though. Everybody knows that, Mark. That's Come right. on. All right, well, guys, what have we been up to since last time? I watched a horror movie, which is shocking. You did? Uh, I know. It's pretty unusual for us. <laughs> this uh, just in? Water wet. <laughs> uh, I watched a movie called What We Do in the Shadows. That's one of my favorite movies ever. Good choice. It is a uh, incredibly funny, super great movie. Uh, it's horror spinal tap. Yeah, that is exactly what it is. And uh, I can only say good things about it. it. Like I was literally fucking laughing like the whole time. Uh Characters are all great. <laughs> Watch it. There's I so much. started it but forgot to finish it, and it's not because it was what? bad. How? So I need to go back and watch God, it. How do you I think, do that? I couldn't I even think stop I, it. Uh, it. It was on one of the services I had, and then I canceled it and forgot to watch it oh. before the service ended, so oh. I didn't get to finish well, it. At the time of recording, it is on Amazon Prime. Yes, okay, it is. then I'll go I back. I also and own it. it. I own it on Blu-ray, and I own it on digital, so I can I can hook you up, dog. Okay, I do want to finish it. It was funny what I saw. It's it's amazing. And they got a TV show in the works, don't they? They do. FX is doing what? or FXX is doing a um, a version of it, and it's from uh, Jermaine Clement and Taiki. What well, I can't remember his name. The director who basically did what we did in the shadows, and also Thor uh, Ragnarok. Um, also good. He also yeah they they wrote it and directed it. Um, so yeah, they're doing an American version of the the movie as a TV show. It at first I was a real hesitant. They got Matt Barry. From Toast to London and IT Crowd fame. Nice. He's in it. And after okay. I saw that, I was like, I'm sold. Uh, the trailers look really good. Uh, they, they said they're going to kind of like retell the, the movie in the TV show. That'd be cool. So um, they're going to kind of like expand on the movie plot lines and stuff like that. But yeah, that comes out pretty soon, actually. Well, sign me up, man. I'm hooked on this universe. That is, uh, I hope it works. I'm sure it will. Before we get going on today's episode, I wanted to bring up um, a little something uh, called animatronics. Do you guys remember this? Is it a movie? Or it is the art of the, animatronics. Oh, the animatronic like oh, process. Yeah, okay. it's yeah. a weird question to ask if we remember it. I mean, I'm yeah. aware of it. I, yes. I never did it, so I don't care if remember it. <laughs> you guys well, that's true. Celluloid film. <laughs> uh, it's definitely something that's become less prominent over the years. Um, so I just wanted to briefly ask you guys if you had a preference to uh, special effects. Do you like animatronics more than CG? Do you like them both equally? What is kind of your 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 uh, temperature on it? Are we including including puppetry in that area? I think as well, so so, yeah. so basically, practical effects versus digital effects. That may be a little cleaner okay. way to say it. That's yes. that's probably the better way to say it. Um, I prefer practical effects in certain aspects. I feel that it it adds a little bit more of a real world feel to it. It actually adds a little bit of unnatural feel to it. Uh, if you look at like Chucky uh, from the old Child's Play movies, he moved very weird. Like it just it just wasn't quite as natural as it it should have been with someone like a kid running or a doll running. So it looked really creepy. When you see like um, certain monsters move that were animatronic, the 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 rigidness of the animatronics adds a, a whole different life to the the, the creature in my in, in my opinion. So true, right? If you're trying to imagine this creature with flesh and bone, it doesn't move as you would expect it to do. It, it moves more like it maybe on a crane or might have man <laughs> operating it off camera, right? Yeah, that which kind of is thing. interesting because like you know, ideally they want it to be smooth and look like it is organic and moving. But I think we see that with certain CG and we almost like our brain doesn't quite like get freaked out by it. 
Kurt's like, oh, okay, that thing's moving. You know, it's like, a physical, actual thing, and we don't have to fall into the trap of the uncanny valley. Oh, this looks fake. Oh, yeah. my eye can detect that, right? That CG initially had. Like, you go back and watch early CG, like, even, like, Phantom Menace, Star Wars-level stuff is looking bad these days. Yeah. I like good special effects, which is my way of saying, if I'm thinking about what kind of special effects it is, and I feel like the movie's lost me. Like, I just want to be absorbed in whatever it is. Use the right tool for the job of what you're going for. Um, I do think, you know... CGI has come so far now. It's like, you can pretty much do whatever the fuck they want. It's insane. I guess that opens up a, re- a good question of like the new Child's Play that's coming out. That's going to be CG. You know, like how is that going to drop us into the world of this puppet? Have they yeah. said that the, it's going to be full CG I thought on it was there? CG. I, I don't, said, I don't know. They? It might be. I the don't know. The face looks full CG. Yeah, I don't, I'm not sure. I, I, but John, you, re- you do bring up a good point that uh, you want the movie not to let you know what it is. You just want to be in the movie, right? right. And I appreciate that CG has opened so many doors. It has increased the quality of films that are able to be made. What used to cost, you know, millions of dollars can now cost thousands of dollars, you know? I don't know. I think CG gets shit on a lot because a lot of it is bad. But, you know, so much of it is so good, you don't even know what you're watching. Or you don't even know that the scene has CG elements in it. Like, pretty much every movie nowadays has extensive computer graphics work done to it. And it's just how you make movies now, you know? So I don't know. That's true. I kind of like, I think I like a blending, maybe a little bit of both. Yeah. You know, uh, whatever well, is the right tool. Ideally, the, the, you know, the right tool for the right, you know, aspect of sure. it. I think there's a perfect marriage in there of practical and digital effects, but, you know, I didn't really think that was the question. <laughs> it's not. I was just asking what your preference was. Because my I, preference is no preference. <laughs> <laughs> preference like Whichever works for the job. Yeah. I think, you know, there's a, fetishization i can't even say that word but there's just this fetishizing yeah of practical effects because it's like different now right and it's something oh that's just the old school how it used to be way like used to be done way but i mean there were shitty special effects in the past just like there's shitty cg now right oh absolutely just look at like bad animatronics right there's bad claymated you know uh roger corman or you know whoever uh harry uh harry what is it housen Garrett? Uh, Ray Harryhausen. Ray Harryhausen, you know, some of his claymated effects maybe not hold up so much. I still love this stuff, but you can tell it's fake. Right. right. And it's like, you know, we have the benefit now of hindsight of looking at the best of stuff, right? The best animatronics work and be like, look how great it is. Like, is that indicative of the average animatronics work? Probably not. That's a good point. Well, I bring this up because we all watched a recent short that was released uh, this week at the time of recording by Alec Gillis, who is a member of the Studio ADI. Studio ADI has done a lot of stuff. They have produced all kinds of uh, effects for movies that you guys are going to be familiar with. Find what I got wow, here. even us? Yeah, <laughs> even you, if you can I'm believe it. with stuff, Mark. <laughs> I don't know if that picked up, but... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, Garrett's in a closet right now. Sorry, I was stretching. So yeah, just to name a few, they worked on Jurassic World two, Godzilla, King of Monsters, The Predator, Annabelle two, Logan, It, Independence Resurgence, um, goes on and on and on. I'm all familiar stuff. with those movies. Yeah, uh, all kinds of movies. They, they're they're big time uh, special effects studio. Alec Gillis has been in the business for quite some time. He actually worked with the director of this film, who is Stan Winston also a big special effects guy. Uh, the film that was, the short film that was released is called Playtime, and it's basically a parody of, like, what if Chucky was real? The doll Chucky, what happens if he was real? And kind of sheds... he existed in our, our real world. Correct, right? as if he was an actor, a paid existed. actor. Yeah, yeah not like a like maniacal killer, but what if the Chucky doll was an actor? Yes. Correct. Um, I thought this was done absolutely brilliantly. Uh, the effects in it, you can tell that there was a lot of work and, and love put into this short. But as it plays out, it's basically a story of this Chucky knockoff called Billy, who is having to deal with the real world turning to digital effects, mm-hmm. where there's no place for physical animatronic effects anymore. Just kind of the whole washed up actor, kind yeah. of, you know, like clinging on to the past feel. This was fucking amazing. Yeah, it was done really, really well. <laughs> you sent this to me, and I was like, what am I about to watch? And then I, I was like, there was so much about it. I even love like how they had to take, like, folk, poke fun at the fact that the, the puppeteers were still in shot and everything. 
He's all like, take your puppeteers. He's like, that's my entourage. And I was like, yes, that's amazing. <laughs> that was great. Yeah, if, if you're listening to this, go to YouTube and look up Studio ADI or look up Playtime. It'll appear. It's about 13 minutes long. It was originally released in five parts, but it's now combined into one. I found an interview or a blog uh, on stanwinstonschool.com, the director of the film Pumpkinhead we're going to talk about today, uh, that goes into detail about uh, Gillis making this short he goes on to say in this that it was a joke, but really it's not a joke. Anybody who's a practitioner of practical effects trying to navigate in the digital world, this is kind of a, 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 an analog for them. Kind of this, their, their, I guess you would say their profession is becoming less and less relevant as time goes on and technology advances. Um, so definitely worth a watch. I will put the link to this interview. Uh, really a lot of behind the scenes stuff, them building Billy. Detailing all kinds of stuff there. I'll drop that in our show notes Did if you want to check that out. they make it from scratch, or was that actually an original like, Chucky puppet? Thing? No, they made it from scratch. Okay, right on. That's cool. Um, again, this guy's been in the business so long, he definitely has worked on things of this nature before. Yeah. It's uh, really, it's, it's funny. It's a dark comedy. It's 13 minutes, and I, I, I would love a, a full-length movie of this. <laughs> Absolutely. I would love like washed up animatronics trying to like survive in like the modern day like acting world with everything changed. Alec Guinness, Gillis himself, I'll just name off a couple other movies that he's worked on special effects. He did. He worked on Jaws 3D, Aliens, The Monster Squad, Tremors, One Through Four, Demolition Man. You know, he knows his stuff. So, you know, he's, he's definitely seen the uh, landscape of special effects change. Uh, so go check that out if you have a chance. But let's get into it today. We're going to be talking about Pumpkinhead from 1988. This was directed by Stan Winston, stars Lance Henriksen as Ed Harley, Jeff East as Chris, John Diacchino as Joel, Kimberly Ross as Kim, Joel Hoffman as Steve, Cynthia Bain as Tracy. And this was Stan, Stan Winston's uh, directorial debut. Right. And as mentioned before, he's been in the game doing a lot of special yeah, effects he was, as well. He, you, Stan Winston Studios is... Terminator, Terminator you, you 2. Name it. The dude, the dude had his finger in pies everywhere. Like he's he's a he's a name. He's Pumpkin, a name name. apple, blueberry. You name the pie, <laughs> he's had his finger in right? <laughs> Poisonberry. Um, Welcome back to pie finger talk. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. Also, he worked on Aliens as well. And I find that interesting because guess who's in this one? Bishop from Aliens, Lance Hendrickson himself. Yep. I was going to guess the alien. So <laughs> you mean the xenomorph puppet that looks exactly like Pumpkin <laughs> yeah, in its yeah. own right? Yeah. We'll get to that, sure. But here's what the back of the box has to say about Pumpkinhead, VHS. Oscar-winning special effects wizard Stan Winston, responsible for creating the mother alien aliens and the Terminator android, now directs Pumpkinhead, his most frightening creature to date. Pumpkinhead is based on the characters from American folklore and classic mythology, adding to its potent, unrelenting terror. Almost unspeakable horror. I was going to say. Potent. That's very potent. But you can't speak of it, so that's good. <laughs> that's right. We can talk about this one. When a backwoods community is invaded by big city bikers, a tragic accident. I'm sorry, big city bikers? <laughs> like a Hell's Angel group? No. Oh, God. We'll a bunch of yuppies on dirt bikes. When a backwoods community is invaded by big city bikers, a tragic accident leaves a local child dead. Torn by grief, the father, Lance Hendrickson of Aliens and Jagged Edge, wants more than justice. He wants primitive, cold-blooded revenge. He invokes the demon Pumpkinhead for retribution against the bikers. But as the father discovers, to his horror, a grisly price must be paid. The full consequences are yet to be revealed as the film praised as stylish and atmospheric by The Hollywood Reporter titans to unexpected in an unforgettable finale. Do you think the people who write the back of these boxes are not governed by Hollywood? Like, they're allowed to say whatever they want because I don't even think they've either seen these movies <laughs> or they're just like, uh, sure, we'll use this term. No one yeah. cares. Even I, in 1988, if you said bikers, it's not what is shown. No. no. These are a bunch of, like, teenagers who just happen to have BMX, or BMX, just happen to have dirt bikes. This movie would have been so different, and I don't know, arguably better, if it had been, like, Hell's Angel style bikers. I'd watch that. Yeah, it would have worked. Yeah. 
for sure. Uh, Let's show these tough ruffians get their comeuppance, right? Yeah. Instead, it was, uh, yeah, like everyone's saying, just yuppie fucking 80s. It's 80s guy. They're like teens, you know. For sure. I think it's got some some tones of Friday the 13th, you know, outside of a camp area. Right. You know, not not by a lake. It was the late 80s. It was the time. Right. It's a slasher film with a monster. 67% on Rotten Tomato out of 21 reviews. 48% 48% of the audience liked it out of 19,176. I feel like it's a little bit low, but I can see it. I mean, this movie's not phenomenal. I think it's telling that the best thing the back of the box had to say about it was that it was stylistic and atmospheric. I agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's true. I want to get this out of the way, though, that I think this movie was poorly acted, even by Lance Hendrickson. There were some scenes oh, I'm like, oh, my dude. horror movie had bad <laughs> acting in it, Mark? Yeah, yeah but... Stop the presses. I was I more taken back by the editing, man. There are so many, like, just stop cutting. Let me see. I want to see. True. Um, definitely one of the things you'd see in a lot of the practical effects movies. They wheel out the monster, and they hope the visual disgustingness of the creature is enough. You don't get to see a murder, right? Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, Bishop from Aliens, I expected a little more from his performance, and I didn't get that. I, I don't know. Do you remember seeing Aliens? He wasn't the best actor in that either. Like, yeah. I'm not going to be wrong. I like Lance Hendrickson, but, like, the dude's not, like, Oscar caliber. Oscars, yeah. you know? Like, and I'm not asking for that. I'm just asking, asking for a little more. <laughs> but you also got to think, what was he working with, right? I mean, the script wasn't exactly fucking... Uh, Top notch here. Yeah. To be fair, some of the characters are really memorable. Like um, Pumpkinhead. Pumpkinhead. <laughs> the titular Pumpkinhead. <laughs> Haggis, the old lady. Oh yeah, she was fucking cool. Wallace, Wallace's family, which you're just like, oh man, how have you guys survived this long? Well, Pumpkinhead is based on a poem written by one of the guys in the film, Jeff East. Uh, really, the guys in Chris. the film? Yeah, Jeff East. Huh? I didn't know he was in the <clears> film. <throat> I know it was based off of a poem, but I didn't know it was from the guy in the film. Well, let me double check, but uh, Jeff East. This movie had the longest intro credit sequence ever. Like it was, I mean, I know nowadays we're kind of used to them kind of doing most of it at the end and like shorter ones at the beginning. But even like for the 80s, it had a very long intro sequence. I was like, oh my God. I kept thinking like, oh, is it almost over? Nope, fucking JK. It's going to keep going. Yeah. (laughs) like We we wrote a three minute song. We're going to fill that full (laughs) three minutes. All right, we're down to the assistants now, but keep going. <laughs> and this movie starts also with like a screen. It's like Billy Blake in association with. I was like, who the hell is Billy Blake? <laughs> but like they really like put his name like you should know who this dude is. Right? I'm gonna scratch everything I said. Jeff East did not write that. It was Ed Justin wrote the poem. So that was useless. More, more stuff to cut out of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> so is Ed Justin in the movie? No, he was a writer for Pumpkinhead. But he wrote so, the poem. Wait, now I'm wondering, did he write the script and then write the poem later? And then I was like, you know what? This poet, yep, this definitely. I'm throwing some he doubts. He used Pumpkinhead to launch his poetry career. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> it says writers, Ed Justin, parenthesis, poem, and then another guy's credited for the story. So I guess he literally just had a poem. And yeah, then, it's like basically if you credited like um, uh, Clyde Barker for writing a short story, right. and you wrote a story about that. Like you wrote a movie about one of his short stories, you'd have to give him like right, partial writing. Well, credit. good for old Eddie there, because I doubt many people are getting movies made out of poems anymore. <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> All right, where are we at? But yeah, so this movie just starts right in, really long credit sequence. We start with a Some, family. Yeah. It's like at night, this family like in the what looks like the dark woods of like you know the South. Yeah. Um, Terrain doesn't really matter in this movie. It's going to be wood, swamp, desert, uh, hilly, flat, you know, basically whatever the fuck they need for Yeah, we'll talk about the location <laughs> stuff a little bit more in depth when we get to the the, um, the grocery store. We're at the very beginning where basically a family is locked inside their shack. They're, they're boarded up for the night. 1957. Is it say 57? It did. Okay, I knew it was back in the day. There's a guy outside running around. He's like, you got to let me in, man. They get things after me. I didn't kill that girl. It's out for vengeance. I didn't kill that girl. He's like, get away from my house. You know, I can't help you. You know, I can't. Was that Wallace? Uh, it was his dad. Right? Okay, so it was Wallace's dad. Okay, the little, there's a little kid on the bed, and he's like, Mom, what's going on? Why can't we help that guy? And she's like, don't you worry about it. Well, no, the kid in this flashback is Ed Harley. It's Lance Hendrickson's character right. as oh, a child. It? Yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. okay. That's how he knows about the witch. That's right. That's right. You know what's interesting? 1957 is about as far away from 1988 as 1988 is to today. I wonder if, you know, 
kids these kids these days are seeing things about the 80s thinking about it how we think about shit in the 50s oh that was back in the day i'm sure it is man trying to uh picture the world before your birth it's a hard thing to do as a child well think about back to the future they went back to 1950 yeah they'd go go back to 1985 now just 30 years that's that's the that's the time jump 30 years is an old timey. That's crazy. Yeah. It's guess, a good round number to bounce back yeah. and forth between. I guess it makes sense. That's where all these new horror movies are being set. Even it, right? It bumped it up 30 years and we're like, yep. good yep. enough. Yep. See? Oh, 30 years. That's that. the magic number. <laughs> so they, uh, the dude outside is getting killed <clears throat> by Pumpkinhead because evidently they think he killed some girl and Pumpkinhead's out to get vengeance. And then you see a brief glimpse of the Pumpkinhead monster uh, killing this dude. And then smash cut to modern day, or I guess what, 80s? Yeah, well, it definitely labels itself as present time, Yes, which uh, does not hold up. Which was the 80s. Lance Hendrickson has a son, no wife, and I guess she died. Yeah, I mean, she, they, she show, they show her grave later, yeah. Yeah, we don't, we don't know why or how, right? No, I don't think it goes okay, into that. Yeah, so he's, he's a single dad out on the farm raising his little blonde boy, and um takes a lot of time to build up these two a lot of time and i guess they run their own fruit stand in the middle of bumfuck nowhere it's like a grocery store out in the hills of california <laughs> yeah it's like okay sure why not and yeah. we get it we get our titular bikers up here well, aren't they well, in a car at this point <laughs> <laughs> they are. before before we get to that like um there you get a little bit of um a little bit of the uh the relationship between the dad and the son he's he's taking care of this kid the best he can the kid is very much like, here, dad, I made you this little necklace. And he's like, I'll wear it always. And he's like, you don't have to. And he's like, I'll wear it always. It was a really weird dynamic between the two. Maybe I've never been a single father, but I just didn't quite like understand. I was like, is this normal or is this just weird? No, Lance was there. We'll just call him Ed from now on. This is his character's okay. name. But Ed definitely felt creepy about his kid to a degree. Not like in a weird molesting. No, no, no. Just, just like, like a like almost overcompensating, like being a little bit too wholesome with them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it would have been interesting. Like, I wonder if there's a cutscene or something that talks about the mom dying and maybe, you know, that plays into this, right? She was like, oh, fucking always take care of our son or some some shit like that. And then he... I don't know. I'm making a bunch of headcanon here. I'm just making shit up on the fly. I got to be honest. I kind of need that headcanon because I was bored through this part of the film. I I really wasn't interested until the biker scene started, (laughs) which is what, 20 minutes later? Yes. I feel like of a 90 minute movie. (laughs) Yeah. Everything they everything they established with the son and Ed could have been done in five minutes. Like there was so much like this is how they live. This is their interaction. This is how they like relate to each other. And it's like, yeah, we've already established that you're just spinning wheels at this point. Absolutely. But we need to establish that this is in bumfuck nowhere, southeast, west, whatever you were saying, Garrett, because we've got to have that god-awful harmonica playing throughout every scene of the film. I just want to gouge my ears out. You're like, oh, come on, tone it down. And like John said, it it was bringing back memories of Tremors, although Tremors is a much better film. Okay. I I was watching a movie with my friend Alex last night, and she was just like, this level of harmonica is only acceptable in Tremors. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, that's funny you said that because like there was two people that both thought the same thing. <laughs> that's how I feel about <laughs> harmonica. <laughs> I hate the harmonica. I'm going to put, put myself on a pedestal and scream at the harmonica. I fucking I, what, hate what that thing. What movie came out first? Tremors was 90. Oh, so this movie, so the, Tremors stole from this movie this and movie did it paved better. the way. <laughs> they did it, and the Tremors was like, "We can do it better." Yeah, I'm not, I'm not gonna put my reputation on the line here, fellas. But I think the harmonica probably made an appearance before 1988. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> nope, this movie invented the harmonica for sure. It's true. Yeah, and then they also tried to kill it at the same time. I wish they would have. <laughs> and then it paved the way for the golden age of saxophone. Oh, love that God. saxophone. Now there's an instrument we need more of. <laughs> We cut to the the uh, Ed and his son driving to their local grocery store, which they run. It's like a little kind of like you know off the off the highway kind of little like you know catch all general goods place, and um, they're setting everything up. And it's real lighthearted. He's all like spray those vegetables with the hose, and the kid sprays the dad. And he's like, oh, you scamp, and <laughs> <laughs> cut it out. And they've got a dog um, who was the same dog from uh, the movie Gremlins. Best actor in the film. His yeah. name is Mushroom. The dog's name is Mushroom. <laughs> what a good name. <laughs> and he well, 30 actually, years later, the dog's name was Mushroom. Ooh. I'd be well impressed if he's still around acting. <laughs> but yeah, it's the same dog from Gremlins. Um, 
So they're like getting the stand together and then up roll a bunch of, you know, city teens in their cars and they have some dirt bikes on a trailer. They're called bikers. (laughs) (laughs) Evidently, these are our bikers. Big city bikers. And the opening line is something to the effect of, oh, you'll really like Joel once you get to know him. And that's just like immediate smash cut to that weird line. I was like, that's a really weird way to intro these characters. They really wanted you to like Joel. <laughs> I was like, you'll get to know him and you'll love him. Uh, but yeah. Joel's a piece of shit. And then he cuts to like, you do not get to love him in his Mustang or convertible Trans Am thing. He's like, get me a beer, babe. <laughs> right, like, drinking Uh-oh. and driving open container laws may not yet be in effect in 1988. It's the 80s. No one even thought about that. That wasn't even like a decision to show him drink and drive. That's just what he was doing. <laughs> uh, officer, I've only had 14 beers. Well, you're under 15. You're good yeah, to go. That's the legal limit. Two cases. And for whatever fucking reason, this crew of bikers slash idiot kids <laughs> stop at the fruit stand and they want fucking fruit, bro. Is that what it is? No, they I see know. the hill. They see the hills. They see the like the little off road hills. And they're like, oh, we can dirt bike those. Oh, so they stopped for the sole reason of dirt biking. That's what I got. I, I literally thought that they were just getting gas or something. And I was like, well, how weird is it? They well, decided no gas to this stand. I know. But I'm saying like, it's very strange to me that they would stop at a, at a at someone's shop and start dirt biking all around. Like instead of going to your destination, yeah, it's equically strange to just see hills and decide to dirt bike. That's not any less. <laughs> strange it's probably private property bro you can't just fucking dirt bike wherever you want that's but we fair do, yeah we do find out that joel's drunk yeah. yes evidently so so at this point the teens we'll call them the teens um, are they teens i think they're in their 20s i would say i don't know because the guy's already on fucking probation i mean well, drinking 18 so yeah let's be fair here they're probably 30 year old actors <laughs> playing 19 year olds yes. or something like fair that point i would it say doesn't they're, matter they're teens out of high school we'll call them the teens just because you know you hate teens and they all gotta die yeah so um true fact so there's they're kind of like chilling by the side of the road and up to um the general goods store as general goods store comes the wallace family who is cliche <laughs> Garbage poor people in like burlap sacks. Great Depression era (laughs) potato sack clothes. I legit was like, is this movie going to take place in the 30s? Like, did we go back in time? Because it is fucking great. Like you said, Great Depression looking shit. I'm like, that is not what anywhere in America looked like. And no one's wearing fucking flower sacks in 1988. (laughs) No. Yeah. It was so out of place. Even for the the time period, you're like, no, no movie. Not buying it. Someone's got an old Mickey Mouse shirt somewhere that they're using. Even the sleeves are cut off. Right. Right. But. um, yeah, so they goodwill already existed by 1988. Like the Wallace family shows up um, to to get food from the the general store. He's like, "What do you know, Wallace?" He's like, "Not much more than I did yesterday," which I thought was a great line. I do like that line. That is pretty good. Yeah. And so the the dad and um, Wallace, Ed and the Wallace, are um, talking in the store. And Wallace's kids, the whole little clan of them, the potato sack wearing little <laughs> rap scallions, jump out of the back of the car. One of the kids grabs um, Ed's son's baseball and he's all like, you know, like the older son's like, give it back. He's like, we don't steal or something like that. And they're like, then they start surrounding him and circling him and taunting him. It's like, Pumpkinhead's going to get you. And they start singing a rhyme. Pumpkinhead. Pumpkinhead. Y'all stop. There ain't no Pumpkinhead. What about old Mr. Foley? He moved away. Uh-uh. Pumpkinhead got it. Teared off his head and drank all the blood. Did not. Did too. Shut up, Hesse. Keep away from Pumpkinhead pumpkin unless you're tired of living. His enemies are mostly dead. He's and unforgiving. Which yeah. I guess was the poem. Yeah, they start re- re- uh, reciting the poem to him. Keep away from Pumpkinhead unless you're tired of living. His enemies are mostly dead. He's mean and unforgiving. Bolted doors and windows There's more to it. I'm not going to read the whole poem, but that's the gist. It's really yes. not the greatest poem. It's hard to believe someone saw that. I was like, this is a fucking movie. I mean, Freddy Krueger had a poem. It was already better. <laughs> yeah, so the, the, the Wallace kids are circling their own, basically threatening it with pumpkin head. And I'm all like, huh, we need to like bring back circling people and taunting them. Like We don't do that anymore. Like, I'm on board for that. Let's bring back the practice of bullying somebody in a circle. From like what we do in the shadows, like, it is a shame. It is yes. shame. 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 Just circling. Oh, that was so... I argued against it. When did you argue against anyway? <laughs> we could just talk about what we do in the shadows yes. this whole movie. Way better um, movie. So, so, okay, this starts a long line of Lance Hendrickson's character leaving his son unattended in places with people 
people that he shouldn't leave his son unattended with. Ed is a shit ass father. For <laughs> straight sure. up, the mom was obviously the good one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, here, son, you're seven. Run the shop while I go away. Like, and then that's when they bust out the dirt bikes and they run over the kid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yes. There's also a weird scene where one of the fucking teens is like, "Hey, all you poor people, can I take a photo of y'all?" Oh and yeah, I was like, that's fucking insensitive. Why don't you give him some change? Like, you don't need to look at his poverty. Click, click. <laughs> yeah, because one of the teens is a photographer, and she's like photographing like the two little dirt bike guys. And so the son's like, or the dad's like, stay here. I'm gonna go get some stuff from Wallace from our place. I'll be back in just a minute. Watch the shop. This kid's like arguably maybe seven. Yeah, maybe seven. Real There's poor a bunch decision. of random like strangers at your place also. Um, you know, and you've given him the like the side eye, like, oh, those rascally teens. He just leaves his kid, goes away. You handle the bikers. I'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> he was afraid. He was yeah. afraid of the bikers. I'm out of here. The teens start dirt biking on these hills behind the uh, the general goods store. And um, one of them jumps the hill, almost hits the kids, crashes. And then the other one, Joel, jumps the hill and just hits that kid full on. That kid yeah. goes flying like he's made out of like paper mache and hope. Like <laughs> He's just like like a feather, just poof. Yeah. And then everyone's like, oh my God, what did you do? I thought the kid was dead. He, I mean, for all intents and purposes, he is dead because once again, uh, Ed, shit parent, does not know how to handle this situation and just fucking his medicine is like, let me rub you with a rag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they hit the kid. Oh, backwater's medicine will kill you, boy. <laughs> At this point, Joel goes and puts his motorcycle on the thing. Like, where are you going? He's like, I'm drunk. They will. This is my third strike. They'll lock me in jail. Like, I'm going. And they're like, you can't just leave. And he's like, I'm fucking out of here. Deuces. Throws his girlfriend to the ground, who's like, you can't leave yet. And he's like, out of my way. Slams her to the ground. I was like, oh, well, he's just a real piece of shit at this point. Um, That's how you get in that biker gang, man. <laughs> and then he just, he just hightails it. And the rest of the teens are like sitting there holding the bag. Like, what do we do? And then one of the kids is like, Go call for help. Go get help. I'll stay here with the kid. And cover the kid in a denim jacket. And it's arguably like 100 degrees outside. <laughs> yes. Um, so all the teens, except for the one who stays behind, leaves. Lance Hendrickson, or Ed, comes back, sees that his kid's on the ground, runs over there. Picks him up, scoops him up, and takes him home. Doesn't ask a single question. Nothing. What happened? What happened? Nothing. And he the just, teens, like, it was an accident. The teens trying to explain. Ed wants no, he doesn't like, he wants any information. Like, I got to rub him with this rag or it's going to be too late. <laughs> yes. Doesn't it's go. What rag just rubs him and it's like, there we go. Doesn't yeah. call a doctor. Doesn't do anything. Makes, that kid is dead due to negligence. Yeah. He makes <laughs> yes. no effort to save this kid's life at all. Just, yeah, you're right. That is the word of the day. Negligence. <laughs> yeah. He's guilty. I mean, uh, whenever he summons Pumpkinhead for revenge, Pumpkinhead should immediately killed him right. because it's his fucking fault. Well, not only that, we'll get to it in just a minute. He goes to like, when he meets the lady, she's like, leave the corpse of your son. And he's like, okay. And I'm like, don't leave your corpse with a strange old lady who has voodoo dead body parts everywhere. Yeah. Like, again, just leaving your son in places with people you shouldn't do. Yeah. <laughs> Joel, like, absolutely the murderer, but uh, accessory to murder? Ed, for <laughs> sure. Oh, he's an accomplice. Yeah, he may as degree. well just fucking started digging a grave. Like yeah. involuntary manslaughter. <laughs> so anyway, Ed takes his his son home. I thought he was dead at this point. He goes, Daddy? And then Lance Henderson looks down and goes, Billy, or whatever the fucking kid's The rag name is. worked. And then um and then the kid just dies at that point. <laughs> That's when Ed is like, okay, puts his son in the car drives out to Wallace's place and he's like, I need, I need you to tell me where the, the witch is. I need you to tell me where the old lady is. And Wallace is like, no, I'm not going to do it. And he shows him the dead son and, and Wallace is still like, sorry, man, I'm still not going to be part of this. No. He's like, well, $10 change your mind. Well, he hands him a wad of cash at first. He uh, like okay. a, he I only saw a, like the 10 bucks. He hands he Wallace a whole stack of cash and he's like, nope, take your money back. I don't want it. And then um, as he's leaving, one uh, one of Wallace's sons. This would be Chris. Okay, Chris like is like, I heard you ask my dad. I'll show you. And he's like, okay, show me. And he's like, what's in it for me? He's he like, what are you a, trading? Like, yeah. All he, right. he hands him a 10. And I was like, so he, he actually made a bargain off that. Yeah. He got, he got to keep the rate. stack. He gave him the 10. The kid's like, I'm only going to take you halfway. And he's like, fine. So he goes and takes his dead son to Haggis's, the old lady Haggis's place. Haggis the witch. Is she a witch? She's got to be. She's doing witchy shit. Her house is all witched out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, if you're um, living in a witch house, you're doing witch shit. 
And I, you're 300 years, years old, wrinkly yeah. with white hair. You're probably a witch. Yeah, she looks like a dried up like sweet potato. The set design <laughs> and the costume design and the makeup in this whole section is fucking above the board, man. It is yes. awesome. This woman looks like she's barely hanging on for dear life. And it's it, she looks like Grandma from Texas Chainsaw Massacre <laughs> 2, except living. Yeah. Which is funny, though, because if you walk in, it shows she has an owl inside her place. And then she's also got mice. I'm like, I feel like that owl would have taken care of those mice for you. But oh, um, magic owl, magic mice. <laughs> he walks walks in and he's Magic all like mice do they strip <laughs> that too the law says that you cannot touch but i think i see a lot of lawbreakers up in this house <laughs> <laughs> oh, Magic Mice! I'll watch that movie That's straight up. The Disney remake of it. It's an anthropomorphic Magic Mike movie. Oh all man! All right, all right, all right. All right. Well done, Mark. That was a fucking home run. <laughs> that should be his shirt right there. Um. So yeah. Um. He's like summon Pumpkinhead, and she's like, "Do you sure you want to do?" Well, this? first he's like, "Can you bring him back to life?" She's like, I can't do what you think I can do. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, she's like, there's nothing I could do for him, but we can get backwater vengeance if you go dig up a pumpkin. This is what I don't (laughs) fucking understand. Because later on, Ed's like shocked. He's like, what is happening? Look at all of this death. Yeah. After you summon a demonic pumpkin xenomorph monster, that's not the time to go, maybe I shouldn't have done this. You went into a fucking graveyard, dug up some shit, brought it back to a witch who did some kind of blood magic, and now you're surprised that shit's going wrong? During the digging, he should have been like, you know what? I'm good. I've gone too far already. Right. (laughs) To be fair, also, I've never like thought like, oh, the occult, like, Voodoo, anything that I've not immediately thought, there's probably a catch to this. <laughs> like, right. Everyone should know. That should just be common knowledge. There's always know? a catch, for sure. <laughs> but yeah, so she sends them to, she's like, I can get you vengeance. And then he goes to this like pumpkin patch with this giant elevated grave in the middle of it. And it looks like, it's just like, and then he digs up a corpse. And More incredible set design. It is so good. It's this whole so part good is looking. gorgeous. Yeah, he digs up this corpse, takes it back to um, old lady Haggis, and then she does, she she takes some blood from Lance Hendrickson. Right. And Ooh. let's point out, she cuts the back of his hand instead of the palm, which is the place you would want to cut because there's veins on the back of the hand. They've got two big veins on the back of your hand, and you can get blood out of that instead of having to fuck up your hand where you can't grab and do anything. So it's like the first like movie where you're like, oh, she actually cut the right side of his hand. It's almost like this witch knows what she's doing. Oh, almost shit. like she's an old hat, you know. Hmm. So doesn't she also get blood from the kid? Yes. Yeah, oh, which flows very freely for a dead kid. <laughs> right. It didn't make any sense. <laughs> That's but yes. right. When they got blood from the kid, um, <laughs> my friend Alex was like. There's no way. <laughs> yeah, that's just not how dead bodies work. You, you don't just like cut them and suddenly they start bleeding. Like there's no fucking heartbeats. Congealed. You know, yeah. it ain't happening. But anyway, that's and that's really the only unbelievable thing about this movie, to be honest. So <laughs> everything <laughs> else checks out. <laughs> but yeah, so at this point we go into full on slasher movie mode because she has summoned the pumpkin head monster, which yeah. is basically a giant xenomorph. With a, a California like raisin yeah. face. And it was like, what the hell? So many similarities to other horror movies uh, prior. Even maybe not some horror movies, but yeah. Like the is alien xenomorph. It's got those shoulder extensions. Mm-hmm. It's very ribby. And, and Stan thin. Winston helped make those. Some sure. Of those it it so makes like, total sense. It's the same guy, right? Yeah. And for a budget of $3 million, I understand you go with what you got available. Yeah, but, he might have had a mold that he could pour some more plaster into and quickly make a monster. Right. A few alterations, boom, we got a pumpkin head. But to be fair, you throw a bone in there, boom, you got a stew going, baby. <laughs> um, you know, but yeah, to be fair, it was a very creepy, badass puppet. Yeah, it's a good job. I like this monster. I think they I did just a wish great it did it. more. Like John said, well, yeah. like it, they kind of just wheel it out and you look at it and it snarls a little bit and then it does a lot of murdering off screen. But it's really smart. It actually lays traps and shit later on, which I thought was kind of cool. We actually had a monster that thought. Um, oh yeah, and it makes sense. And when later well, on, it's a demon, reveal, right? It's a demon. Yeah, the demon. Yeah, and it makes sense when you find out a little bit more of how this demon is created and stuff like that. But the yeah. editing is just so rough; it does not do it any favors. Yeah, <laughs> one thing also. Back to your point about like when you you should know something's up when you go to a graveyard. When he first shoves his shovel into the ground to dig up the corpse to bring back, the ground screams. It goes. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I was like, when the ground screams at you, maybe stop whatever you're doing. Yeah. 
<laughs> like that's a big no-no right there. Oh, Ed Harley, what are you doing? Might be time to wash your hands of this mess. <laughs> yeah, I don't like that he half committed. Like it would have made more sense. Okay, he's a broken man now. He's like he's into it, right? But halfway through the movie, you're not going to convince me. Suddenly, he's the good guy. And like, let's not forget, he has no answers of what happened in this tragedy. Right. He just he's assumed. Yeah, he just assumed they fucking straight up killed his kid for whatever the yeah, reason. Yeah, like cold-blooded murder. Like, which, I mean, turned out to not be terribly wrong. The people were all mostly dicks. But, you know. I think it was mostly Joel and the rest of them going, Joel, you're a fucking asshole. True. Yeah, the rest of them just sort of got caught up in it. Guilty like, by association, and they all get murdered off by Pumpkinhead. Yeah, well, but yeah, they got in the yeah. way. Which haggis goes, go home, Ed Harley. I'll Pumpkinhead will do the rest from here. And he goes home. But what you find out is that as Pumpkinhead is murdering, Ed Harley is having these terrible LSD flashback hallucinations of the killings. He's connected to Pumpkinhead is what you find out. So basically as like, as Pumpkinhead's killing these people, it's sucking and killing Lance Henriksen too. Right. And what makes Lance's character, Ed, even more disgusting is that if he was not connected to the monster in this way, he wouldn't have had a problem with them dying. Right. No, absolutely not. It's because he was having infliction that he wanted to stop it. And he became a semi good character, I guess. I didn't know that it was going to kill me, too. This changes everything. His plan (laughs) was like to go home, drink some Bud Lights and get some teens murdered. Wait, what happened now? (laughs) Dead teens. Oh, my. It's funny because like as he starts to piece together, some of the kids are getting killed and great kills in this movie. Um, Pumpkinhead's doing a good job of like tracking him and killing him and stuff like that. I think my favorite one is when he takes the head of that girl and just rubs it on the fucking <laughs> so window. Good. That's the best part of the movie. Yeah. Like all the, they're all inside the cabin freaking out and then he, you just see the dead girl's head smush against the glass yeah. and rubbing her around <laughs> and then breaks right through the window. I was like, that was good. Yeah. I also yeah. did really like the one where he's just like sitting in a tree looking like a creepy monkey thing. And he's got like, he's holding the girl and just drops her on he's a rock so below. High up. I was like, how did he get that high that quick? But um, yeah, he drops her down and she yeah. like breaks across a rock, which is creepy. Yeah. And, and it's, it's about it's, this time that um, Ed runs back to the cabin. He's like, you gotta stop it. It's what you wanted. No, not like this. Not like this. I see it. This is wrong. Nothing I can do. He's got to run his course now. What did you think? It'd be easy, neat and clean and painless. You're a fool. If you don't help me, if you don't help me, then I'll do it myself. I'll do it. I'll do it myself. You'll fail it, Harley. You'll fail and you'll die, too. Then I'll die. Then I'll die. And pay the final price. All the sooner. God damn you, God damn you. He already has some. What did you expect, Ed Hardy? No no consequences to your action? There's always a price to pay. <laughs> he's like, what the fuck? Calm down, lady. Yeah. And then she's, he's but like, he's like, yeah, that's exactly what I expected. No consequences. <laughs> exactly. Well, this is, this is my favorite line of the whole movie. He goes, God damn you. And she goes, he already has, son. Yes. He already has. And I was like, what a fucking great line to say to someone after you just fucked their world up by <laughs> doing demon voodoo craziness. Also, God damn you, Ed, this was your fucking idea. Yeah. Nobody told you to go to creepy she cemetery. She did warn you, yeah. like, are you sure you'll want to even dabble yeah. in this? And he's like, yep. Yeah. Ed <laughs> is a man who takes no responsibilities for his actions. Right. He's partially responsible for the death of his, uh, death of his son. Do you and think now he he's... killed his wife? Yeah. Do you Probably. Think he's responsible Absolutely. for the negligence of his wife dying? <laughs> I'm going to go on record and say he fucking killed her. Right. Well, here's what happened. Through accident. Through negligence. He right. dropped a pumpkin on her head. No. <laughs> it's <laughs> so much worse than that, Mark. I'm sure she got sick. Probably could have got cured by some antibiotics. Oh, but he's like, right. let me get my fucking rag. Here you go. <laughs> he just rubbed some essential oils on her forehead and yeah. let it pass away slowly and into the night. Like, Please get me some antibiotics. He's like, I got you the rag, and we're gonna rub this on your forehead. And Holly, don't believe medicine in medicine. Is false <laughs> and vaccinate your children. Seriously, yeah. people. That's what this movie's about. Prevent pumpkin head. All you anti-vaxxers should watch this film. It's all true. <laughs> so basically, he's got. I got to accept this, but he's not going to accept it. He's going to go try to stop pumpkin head before he kills all the kids because it's killing him right and not to save the teens let's be very clear here yes. he wants to save himself yes that's i just you're right he didn't <laughs> fucking care about the kids getting killed he was yeah. like well this is fucking me up i'm gonna put a stop if to this there is a way to kill the teens and save himself that's the option Ooh, he would have chosen he killed the teens himself what if he went well, and shot yeah. the kids? oh my god i would have loved that movie so much more if he was blowing away the kids with the shotgun yeah and he kills is. himself to get rid of pumpkin <laughs> to basically like
like, you know, if he can do it before Pumpkinhead does it, he can still survive. That yeah. would be cool. It's a race been, to kill the team. A race to kill the <laughs> death right. race. Yeah, death, it's like, yes. <laughs> you're on a timer now, Ed Harley. Get in your truck and kill them teams before Pumpkinhead or Pumpkinhead gets you. Now, Ooh. I may just be a Southern country lawyer, but I will point <laughs> out that if it wasn't for my client killing those teens, a Pumpkinhead would have gone out there and done it for him. So, uh, arguably, the man has taken responsibility for saving these teens' lives. I say, I say. <laughs> Objection, Your Honor. I will point out that the pumpkin head was an innocent bystander just doing his job. Law and order, backwoods revision. <laughs> bum, 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 dun, dun. Pumpkin head is not the bad guy here. They summoned him to do a task, and he's like, I'm going to work. He's a, he's a jobber. Yeah, he he's hired to do a job. He clocked in and was like, I oh, guess I'm <laughs> killing these teens today. You know, he looked at his timesheet, <laughs> and he's like, all right, well, I got eight hours. Better get to it. We beg the jury to have mercy here on old Ed. <laughs> he's a poor, working-class demon just summoned. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think Pumpkinhead was doing? Before he got summoned over He's to help chilling. Lance out. He's yeah. Chilling. He was, you know, with his kids at home. He was doing his own <laughs> shit in fucking pumpkin hell. Sat like, down to eat a TV dinner and he gets summoned in the rear was like, yeah. there, but fresh kills, please. He looked pissed when he was summoned. He was like, oh, this shit again. So I will point out that, like, we, we learned that as Pumpkinhead's killing these kids, um, it's sucking Lance Hendrickson's life force and he's basically, he's dying. Pumpkinhead is starting to look more human in the face. At this point, too, he started to look more like Lance Henriksen, like in the facial area. Was so, he? I didn't yeah. pick up on yeah, that. He didn't pick up on that a, He still gets more of like a, a more human look to his face as he's like doing it. So my question is, is Pumpkinhead get a, another chance at life after doing someone else's vengeance thing? Does he get to go be be alive again? Because you find out that basically whoever um, <clears throat> whoever summoned Pumpkinhead as their life force gets sucked away, they become the corpse that gets buried in that spot and the, the pumpkin patch. So they become the new corpse that has to be dug up for vengeance. No, oh, yeah, I didn't pick up. Oh yeah, that. no, that's totally yeah. what it is because at the end she goes and buries his corpse. Um, old lady Haggis picks up a dead weight body. Are you sure? Positive. I don't remember that at all. Yes. At the very end of the film, she like deadlifts him. I'm just making that up. I don't yeah. remember it either. <laughs> yeah. So basically, um, let's, let's, we'll get to that in just a second then. Okay. So, um, Ed is going to basically stop Pumpkinhead. He goes and he shoots Pumpkinhead a couple times. One of the teens walks up, shoots it point blank in the head. I was like, smart move. Yes, I respect that team. He's like, I'm like, we're not sure if he's dead. He's like, go call. Shoots him. It's like, he's fucking dead. No, nah, yeah, it turns really. out you can't hurt Pumpkinhead, but if you hurt Lance or Ed, then Pumpkinhead takes damage. Seems yes. like a <laughs> takes damage like a video game. <laughs> yeah. like Seems so, like a huge loophole. So Ed realizes this and takes a gun and shoots himself in the head, kills himself, and therefore killing Pumpkinhead. Pumpkinhead immediately spontaneously combusts into flames, and Ed is there, dead, on the ground now, right? The teens that survive leave because they made it through, and then old lady Haggis goes and picks up Ed's corpse, takes it, and puts it in the hole that he dug up because the corpse that's being buried has that little necklace on, has his son's necklace on. Oh, I do I remember that. I did see that part. Okay. That's the thing. Is this I is how the cycle... Out. I know. I literally <laughs> thought it was just credits. Like Lance, <laughs> Lance's dead credits. This is how the cycle continues. <clears throat> Vengeance has a price. And okay. so basically by getting your revenge, you sacrifice yourself to get that revenge but you become the next like corpse that basically is going to summon the next pumpkin head. That's interesting. So, Had I picked up on that, I might have liked this a little word. bit. Because remember, like you said <laughs> in the in the episode, um, I don't know if you mentioned it before we started talking about it, but like um, she says, like you know, like every every of the seven evils that man has, there's a there's a demon for. This is vengeance, and I think yeah, that was the on the back quote. of the box. It says for each of man's evils, a special demon exists. Yeah. Oh, is that what he? I thought they meant for each man, like the evil they've done. Like, there's a lot of demons. No, for the for, for the seven deadly sins, each one. Okay, there's a unique demon for every man. Because right yeah, afterwards, she's like, she's like pumpkin head is vengeance. What do you think the sloth demon looks like? Oh, I don't know. He's a lazy Apple fuck. Head. Yeah. But grapefruit head. Joel, the, the team who's a complete asshole who eventually does get killed at the end by Pumpkinhead. Um, he's like he reminded me of Frank from Hellraiser. <laughs> you know? Just like just a real like fucking like Maybe this one of his illegitimate sons. Oh, oh one of Frank's kids. Yeah. The lineage goes on. Crossover. We can totally yeah. cross any movie to into another one. <laughs> Pumpkinhead, really a Cenobite in disguise. Easily done. There yeah. you go. So yeah, they 
they bury Lance Henderson, they bury Ed, and he becomes the next corpse. And then, then we cut to the credits with a lot of um, harmonica. Uh, I mean, I loved it so much, I rewound the credits and listened to it again. And then I went to Spotify and just typed in harmonica, and then I uh, killed myself. <laughs> <laughs> You've been doing this podcast from beyond the grave. That's we forget, it. We that failed to mention some that. Some real grave talk coming at you. <laughs> That's how John dies first. <laughs> yeah. Too much harmonica. John wrote his own dies first. <laughs> That's true. Well, this one was shot on a $3.5 million budget and grossed $4.4 million, which isn't a lot. And I'm very surprised to know that there's three other Pumpkinhead movies that have been uh, released. Yeah. See, I it was it's so not a lot. It's the 121st highest box office movie for 1988. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Not much at all. No. Pumpkinhead 2 is actually kind of enjoyable. There's a scene where there's this old like, and I thought this was in the first movie because that's one of the reasons I recommend this. I was like, oh, they'll love this scene. There's a scene where this old like hillbilly fat dude like is in a um is in his little cabin shack and he looks like hot garbage. This man looks like <laughs> he's just barely hanging on to like any form of like being like halfway resembling a human being. And like it smash cuts inside his thing and he's having sex with like this crazy hot blonde chick <laughs> and she's just like riding him and he's just like, yeah, get it. And then um, like, I'm just like, no way. There's no way a that chick exists out there. She would have left for anywhere right. else other than like the fucking backwoods or wherever the hell they are. And this guy's like the town catch. And I was like, oh, this must be the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> but um, I thought that scene was in the first one. So, um, no, Pumpkinhead 2 is actually kind of enjoyable. Okay. I thought Pumpkinhead 1 was kind of enjoyable. So I it's, would be down to watch a sequel. It's more like badass craziness. I don't hate it, but I don't love it. It's pretty run of the mill. I think it's just a kind of a standard fare par movie. I call it your 80s. 80s, 80s horror monster movie. I mean, yeah. it's kind of middle of the road. I concur. But I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, there was some some really cool stuff um, in this movie, though. So there were two uh, other Pumpkinhead one, Pumpkinhead two, and then it seemed like we took a long break from Pumpkinhead. Wasn't there like an Ashes to Ashes one or something? Right, and that came out in two thousand six. So, like I said, it was a long hiatus, and then we got that one, and then Pumpkinhead four was a TV movie in two thousand seven. I want to say that aired on Sci Fi Channel. Mm. As of June twenty eighteen, it was announced that we're getting a remake of Pumpkinhead. Wait, really? Yeah. Unnecessary. So you're going to be happy to find out, Garrett, that writer of Donnie Darko... Give me a break. Kill me now. <laughs> Deadline uh, has stated that the remake has a scribe in S. Darko screenwriter Nate Atkins. Wait, S. Darko or Is that Donnie something Darko? else? What's, S. What Darko is, S. Darko? is the studio. Okay, well, one of the guys involved with that then. Okay, there was a movie we watched recently that we actually liked that had S. Darko as the studio. So yes. that may not be a bad thing. I forget which. We've seen so many now that I forget which one it was, but yeah. But um, I'm sure it could be a perfectly... Oh, it know, was Hell Baby. Hell oh, Baby. that's right. Yeah. That's right, S. Darko. All right, well, <laughs> we had some... Maybe to have maybe to have for nail. That's it. <laughs> yeah, it could be a like a you know competently executed remake. Is it just like man? Does every single possible '80s movie need to be remade? Oh, in the moment 2019. The like, moment it cashed in, everyone uh, was like, "Grab them, grab them right now! Let's get them like, going." This movie's it's utterly forgettable, to be honest. I mean, it's enjoyable, but like Mark said, it is just like a regular running straight down the middle horror movie. At the same time, though, <laughs> let's. I'm going to play devil's advocate on this. It was good. Yes. Okay. Um, there's been some good, I like the Friday the 13th remake. I know I'm kind of in the minority yeah. on this, but I, I thought it was a very good. I like good, that movie a lot. I thought it was a good remake. For younger actors and like people <laughs> who grew up with these movies, it's got to be a dream job to work on like these remakes and have a chance to do your own take on them and have fun with these these um, these franchises sure. that but you love. For every it, there are ten other shitty remakes. I, I won't. You know? I won't. I won't doubt so that. The batting average like, is not good. You're right. You're right. And I mean, there's certain stuff that just doesn't need it. But like, I feel like the Child's Play thing. I'm trying to be so open minded about this Child's Play remake, you guys. They still haven't announced who's doing the voice for for Chucky yet, which is really disturbing to me. At the time of this recording, it's rumored that they're looking for an A-list actor to do the voice. Oh, see, I so they haven't even recorded know. his lines yet. Not as written. of last week. That is, ooh, I'm sure someone on, I'm sure someone on set saying them. But what if it's what? Adam Sandler <laughs> doing a stupid Adam? That would actually be <laughs> interesting. That'd be an interesting direction. It'd probably be like a Mads. It'll be a Milkinson. And probably knowing right. the current rate, or to be someone from Game of Thrones, unfortunately. Or it might be what you fear most, Ryan Reynolds. I will fucking shoot myself. <laughs> I will pumpkin head myself. 
Um, if yeah. I if I kill myself, would well, stop that movie from coming out, a la Pumpkinhead? Because maybe. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know who they'll get. God, if it's Gilbert Gottfried, I'm just in. Mm-hmm. I'm on board for that too. <laughs> totally different direction. It looks like they're trying to be scary. If you throw in Gilbert, then it's not going to be scary anymore. <laughs> no. But but uh, I mean, that being said, though, like I understand why we were always so hesitant about this stuff, but. I mean, it's got to be a good opportunity for other people and just a fun, cool thing to be able to like, you know, be part of these franchises that you may loved and want to always be part of and didn't get the chance when they were still a thing. So who knows? I mean, we also got the Halloween, the the Halloween 2018, which was fucking phenomenal. So, John disagrees. I mean, it again, was uneven. I mean, it had phenomenal parts. Again, you know, sometimes you hit it out of the park. Sometimes you hit a a double, you know, and sometimes you strike out. I mean, I think that's just the game, but I think I don't, I, I don't want to see them not do it, but I'm also a little more hesitant about them, like taking too many liberties. I think we're currently in a climate where we're able to have both at the time. Horror movies are, are making enough money now that we can still have remakes of the old classics and we still get new ones. Uh, yeah. Jordan Peele's us, you know, all this kind of stuff is mm-hmm. coming out. So it's not like we're getting more or less or one or the other. We're kind of getting a blending of both. And it's whenever I think remakes overtake, you know, a specific genre that that's what the worrisome part. I agree. But I think without those remakes, we wouldn't be seeing the original stuff like hereditary and us get a chance to come out because horror would not have become popular again. I I don't think so. I think the, a lot of the original films are what restarted this genre, like this, this blossoming we're talking, you know, your paranormal activities, your conjurings, all of those were new franchises that, you know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago started this true, but they also golden opened the floodgate for a bunch of garbage that we got that was all new stuff that became well, long term yeah. franchises, and that kind of basically flooded the market. But I mean, that's just how it goes, right? If you look in the 80s, I mean, we it sounds like a really, a really complicated, like you know, balance that, like, and maybe we're not like we haven't looked at it like broad enough to really like know, right? But, but I mean, mo- in, in most years, most movies that come out are probably bad. <laughs> Um, and then just as we get further away from them, we forget all the trash that came out in a year and only remember the good things. Well, it's like people with like fucking eighties music and you know, right. Or even eighties horror. Unfortunately now like, with nineties music, there's like people I know who have kids are like, Oh my God, have you heard these like badass nineties songs? And I'm like, you have no idea the years that we spent getting rid of the trash that you'll never have to sit through. <laughs> right. You know, you'll never have to li- listen to the lens, steal my sunshine, you know, fucking collective soul is a blip on the radar. Finally, you know, it's like. <laughs> So I get it, you know, like everyone's all like the eighties music is great. And it's like you have no idea how much garbage we had to wait right. through that decade. But maybe it's the same thing with horror movies, but I think so. I mean The yeah. takeaway is just make good stuff. The Stop making shit stuff. I mean, yeah, I to your point, Mark, I would rather they make bad remakes as long as it keep, they keep getting to make good, you know, for if this is like the the fodder that needs to be out there to make good movies, then sure, sure go for it. Yeah, that's fair. Absolutely. I'd recommend this movie. I agree. Yeah, I would also recommend Pumpkin Ahead. It is, you know, it's 90 minutes. It is very short. It feels very short because uh, it is edited like an MTV music video. <laughs> um, so, you know, hey, go for One it. One of those David Lee Roth. Whoa! Sunglass scenes. <laughs> I think if you've eaten through a lot of the other 80s slasher classics and you're trying to fill in a gap, this one will fit nicely. Um, so fill that gap. That's right. If we have nothing else on Pumpkinhead, I'm out. Okay. That'll do it for this episode. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time.